Good morning, everyone. This is the Machination Log for June 21st, 1989, which is almost when I was born. I'm getting there. Uh, this is your host, David Paddock, back. After being very ill for a little while here, sure, I am, just allergies? Um, uh, God, I hope not. <laughs> that implies this will happen again next year. Um, Ryan Riley. Yes, sir. Longest day of the year today. Indeed. Yeah. Solstice. 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 Well, thank goodness for that. I spent it inside. Lou. Yes. <laughs> Breaking up our uh, prime movie crew this week to be our 80s delegate. Yes, I'm here to fight the good fight. Keep up. (laughs) (laughs) And and try to keep the 80s in a good light. Because I know there will be lots of shade being thrown. (laughs) Oh, there will be shade. Uh, And that's that's Nicole. Nicole, folks. How has your June been treating you? Um... Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of Jordan Peterson. <laughs> That's that, not uplifting all the time. Yeah, it's been um, it's been deep. How'd you describe him to me the last time we talked? He's an he's actual, an actualized young yeah, actualized young yeah, actualized young yeah, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm exploring issues. I'll have to think about that a little bit harder, Ryan. Yes, sir. While I'm thinking about that, that's not fair. We'll be talking about a movie. We're going to be talking about. Heathers. Yeah, so we checked, we picked this movie at a, at a certain sense. This, picking this movie was punishment for your guys' rather harsh treatment of my well-thought-out uh, and rather well-crafted movie genre categories that I had last week. So I decided to throw the gauntlet down uh, in a fuck-you manner and uh, pick an 80s movie that's um, awesome and uh, great. And then I, I just enjoyed the fact that I made you watch this twice. Well, thank you. Okay, good. Yeah. So that's appreciate it. Really so we win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a win, 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 win. win. Your gauntlet yeah. didn't hurt. Ah, what? damn it. Well, no, he threw it down, man. He didn't throw it at us. No, oh, and yeah. I appreciate that. Okay, good. So why the hell did you pick this movie? So we needed to pick. Our, so once again, the category uh, was 80s movies, right? So this obviously can't be um, movies strictly made in the 80s, although that would help. Um, but they had to be movies about the 80s, yes. right? And the, I mean, this is the key thing here, which is that uh, you'd have to understand that the 80s is a particular time in a particular place. And that place is called America, goddammit. It's got a particular president, Ronald Reagan. It's got a particular drug, cocaine. Cocaine. Oh, the drug. Yeah. It's got a particular way of making money, Wall Street, right? I mean, this is kind of like symbolizing it's got a particular style of suits, double breasted. Right. I mean, it's got a particular style of tie. Terrible. Right. I mean, this is something that we have to kind of like absorb because uh, whether we like it or not, there's a little 80s. Roll. <laughs> 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 okay. Control. Control. <laughs> so, so um, I don't know if I buy that premise, let alone am I comfortable you, with it. Okay. No, was I don't think there's 80s in people who haven't experienced the 80s firsthand. Oh, yeah. But in this room. There's little, there's little <laughs> 80s. I was born six days after this film came out. Really? Yeah. Excellent. All right. I just made the cut. Just yeah, barely. Man. And Lou, you were you were sentient and awake through most of the 80s, right? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Okay. I grew up during the 80s, mm-hmm. I guess. You know, I mean, I was born in 78, so I was 10 years old, 88. I was definitely awake enough to know what was going on. I had my favorite bands. I was mm-hmm. well, well immersed into 80s right, culture. Absolutely. I was an MTV kid. Mm-hmm. You know, at that time, I liked all of the the poppy stuff that Absolutely. was being thrown my way. I liked all the '80s cartoons. Um, I'm not saying that I'm a diehard for them today. I think they had their 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 moment in history, mm-hmm. and and not all of them are great after the fact. But there are still some. 
Absolutely. Uh, some pieces, such as Heather's, that mm-hmm. I think translates through time. How was the hair? The hair was awful. My hair was fine. Oh, okay. I mean, I think you resemble my hair in the 80s. Oh, so, thank you. Yeah, so it was fine. But, yeah, I, n- I didn't go crazy until the 90s when I grew it out, like, long. So yeah. you just waited. It gestated just a little bit I was too young. Longer. I didn't have enough say. I, I guess that's true. Oh, yeah. years old. Around 91, 92 is when I started... Know, taking control of that shit and piercing my ears and making it real, yeah, making it happen. That's right. Oh, Wearing no. skirts. Yeah. Nicole, what was the '80s like for you? Um, it was like in California in the '80s, and we used to swoop our hair to the side with these big like waves, <laughs> and everything. Everyone used to get perms. <laughs> I don't know what this hair. I don't know what the hair thing was going on, but yeah, it was really, really bad. I and I guess just think of the hair. Yeah, and I guess like um, you know, that high school hierarchy thing kind of starts really early, like in the eighties, because it was like in California. Because I, like I, I, I can feel like I never experienced, you know, the kind of high school hierarchy there is in Heather's. But it's like you can you could feel that like you knew which girls were going to be there in like high school at yeah, that, that point. That, that's the weird context here that I I guess I'm curious what everyone's experience with is um. As the complete fringe outcast that I spent my entire youth being and have continued into my adulthood quite healthily, as far as I can tell, um, I know that there were cliques in my school. Mm -hmm. I was theoretically part of one, uh, but that clique was full of gifted students who didn't talk to anybody else. So, I mean, was I at the nerd table? I guess. But, you know. Yes. Yes, you were. Yeah. I, I. Yeah. I, I can. I think I can make my peace with that. Yes. Well, but it doesn't feel like. It well, the, the thing time. is, see, here's here's <laughs> the thing. Like, you know, it, it was very black and white. Like the the nerds from the click people, and I think those barriers, as we've we've moved forward in time, have been broken down because nerd culture is popular culture now. Like, yeah. there isn't as black and white of a distinction as there was when you know our movie. Uh, High schoolers were no, having to go. Nerds were still getting severely beaten up, and when I was in high school. Yeah, see, this is this is the the uh, the contrast that I want to sort of breach because a lot of the friends that I'm talking about at that table uh, were in marching band, and marching band did exist in the '80s. It did exist. However, marching band in the 80s did not involve nine hours of practice every week. So we were all in at least a good a shape as anyone who was going to be bullying us. Uh, so that angle already I, doesn't I, I exist. I think it's more of just a, a cultural difference nowadays, though. No, I know, but I, I'm just saying, even if that was an option, yeah. we we were hedged pretty heavily against that ever happening to yeah, us. Yeah. Um, so basically, I'm coming at Heather's from a completely like cultural tourism perspective because oh, it did not affect see, my life. in California, I was only in elementary school, but like my best friend, quote unquote, like she was Heather. You know, and then I was like the weird, you know, Veronica. No, no, because Not I looked even? like a boy at the time, so I gotcha. was just, yeah. No, that would that would that would mean that she was part of that hierarchy. No, I wasn't clique. actually part of the clique. I just because she like she lived in the house before we moved into it. Like we became friends. Gotcha. But she was like the real pretty popular girl that Did got she everything. She talked to you at school. I mean, yeah, but we were still young. Like, we hadn't fully grown into the hierarchy yet. Uh, So I was more of, yeah, like, just kind of like the weird sidekick. And 
It was also, you know, braver in situations like when bugs needed to be killed when we were playing. Well, let's not forget, too, that in the, like when this movie came out was 89. Yeah. That was sort of why these movies came out. The Pump Up the Volume, which we you and I watched later on, is a similar thing where it was at that point was a turning point for well, 80s that, culture. That one was a turning point. I think we're still pretty clearly in the 80s. Here. No, no, no. I know that. But it was still this. It's the rumblings of this turning point, because I think what Heather's really brings out is, is that like the duality of this very weird suburban culture that started to spring up heavily in the 80s, you know, and the contrasting sort of youth, the alternative youth that was also that bubbling was slowly up. simmering underneath yeah. when they couldn't get ahead in school. I mean, let's put it this way. Everyone hated hair metal by the time 89 came around. We loved it in 85. But the time 89, 90 came around, we were getting tired of it. Yeah, and those people were dorks by that. By 89, like, those people were dorks. Well, 91, they were totally dorks. You know what I mean? By 91, it was just like, okay, Nirvana's in, Soundgarden's in, we're all gonna, you know, wear flannels now, be much more comfortable, not put makeup on. Awesome. You know what I mean? So, but the, that also changed but in the 80s, a generation of you had to have big hair youth. and makeup. So it's very dis- specific to that time and place. Yeah, and I get it. I get it. I mean, there there are fads. They're weird. They happen. Everyone falls in. <laughs> but in the 80s, there was, you can see this clear brewing of alternative culture coming out of this very weird, superficial, cocaine-induced culture that was, you know, the 80s on, on the surface. Mm-hmm. Lou, you know? were you alt- was I alt? Yeah. Oh, yeah I was were. alt. Yeah, I, okay. I guess you could say that. It wasn't as bad as the Gen Xs, but yeah, I was I was pretty alternative at the time. <laughs> so where you fell in the high school spectrum no, there? No, my high school, I couldn't relate entirely to that level of this movie um, or, or that era in sense of the high school hierarchy because I was sort of like you. I had either the gifted crowd around me or I was in the music program, which kept me out of all of the social classes in high school, like Jim. That's not like me. That is, you, we had the exact same high school experience. Exactly. But so. yeah, for, for me. You, had a, you went to a school with black people. Well, yeah, my, my school. There were at least five black people at my Lou school. Lou was no. one of three white people at his school. My, my high school was on, <laughs> it was on an episode of Gangland. Okay. Like, it, you know, we had, it was no joke. It was true inner city weirdness. Like, but I get to hang out with all the cool people. Well, I thought they were cool people. It was all the musicians, the dancers, the the thespians, the theater actors, a bunch of 16-year-old weirdos. But, you know, it was much more interesting than hanging out with the gang members or their girlfriends who I would help with their biology homework or something like that. So we had I had a different high school upbringing than the movie. So we're 0 for 3. Ryan, what do you bring to the table? About the 80s? He-Man figures. No, no, the, oh, the, the high school experience. <laughs> What's your high school right, experience? Hi, Nicole, I hate to break it to you. You were, uh, we were artsy dopers. Yeah, we, I know. <laughs> okay, know. yeah, so that's, uh, don't try to like, no, we fit into a nice niche little no, that's category. that's high school. Like I said, when I was in the 80s in California, gotcha. like I okay. was friends with that girl that would grow up to be Heather in high school. But like we crossed paths, I probably wouldn't have made it that yeah. way being friends with her. Unfortunately for me, the 80s is something I can't confirm happened, but I only can <laughs> can do this because of VH1 retrospectives and pictures where I'm young. That's that's, all, <laughs> that's entirely what the 80s is to me. It's amazing how a few years can make me feel like, <laughs> like an old man. But hey man, I remember salt and Peppa with the, with the condom yeah, on the Yeah, as soon eye. as the early that's 90s. TLC. That was TLC. Yeah. Whatever, so, yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember black women with condoms on their eyes, singing <laughs> songs and videos. I remember that. I don't remember the details, but I remember that. Um, yeah, high school. I, okay, so eighties. Yeah, it's all it's all a wonderful blur because I don't I can't remember my childhood. 
But I can tell you that in high school, yeah, we were we were we were we were artsy dopers. Um, yeah. That was the that was the overall crew uh, that we were in. Um, this is like a nice range of like outcasts, you know, because you mentioned thespians, you mentioned artsy people, you mentioned nerds, right? The people that were just a little too odd for those groups. Yeah. Like ended up in our because we had little like this is the weird thing the way that our, we had a big um, courthouse at uh, not courthouse uh, courtyard in um at our high school and they had actual little cubbies. Um, inside, you know, with the main wall area, the uh, the auditorium, yeah, the little arches, and then we had little cubbies inside the uh, outside the walkway, and so that was where we were. We had our own little cubby with a group of friends that we used to hang out with all the time, and uh, that was yeah. Anyone who was too weird for the other groups around us oftentimes found their way uh, into that little area there. So, so in, in context of the movie, you would be the dopers that you artsy know. dopers, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd be like the girl underneath the, the girl under the yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. joint or that whatever. That would have been yeah. me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I didn't smoke weed in high school, but I would have looked like that and been doing acid. Yes, exactly. People thought we people thought we were yeah. like fucking way more interesting than when we were. You know, which is kind of strange because we. I out just out dressed really eccentrically. Was what, yeah, no, really what I did. If you don't talk to a lot of people and like you they know, make like, up a bunch of shit in your head, man. They make a bunch of shit up in their head. <laughs> so, you know, we had like a mystique because we weren't social. I guess that kind of helps out. Um, but it is kind of weird that there is, um, you know, for someone like me, I felt very aware of the kind of like social patterns because I was really outside of them. And to a certain extent, also like self-segregated myself from them uh, because I don't like people. Um, and this is kind of, you know, means that when you would like see around and like, you know, you would talk to people. um, you know, you want to kind of understand where your place is. And high school, as this kind of like small microcosm, um, can develop that. Now, the one weird thing I will say, though, is that our high school was, was huge. Yeah, it was fucking huge. It was really big. So you then had like a lot of people that could fit into there these was like areas. Over 5,000 people at our high school. Yeah, absurd. Yeah, it yeah. was massive. And Timber Creek's not in Timber Creek was around four. Yeah, yeah. yeah thousands of people. And the so principal so is following his fiduciary duty to his school lied about how many students were at the school, but it was at least 4,000. Okay. Yes. But that's, yeah, so it's hard to have large hierarchies because there's so many people. So you end up just having more small branches yeah. of things. When we had pep rallies in the, in the, <laughs> in the, um, uh, the gym, we had three prep rallies a day to fit everybody in the goddamn gym. <laughs> so, um, you know, even if you like new people or so, like, cause there, I mean, you know, there, I'm sure there was like several groups of like artsy weirdos. That like never came into like geographic contact with yeah. each other like in our school. <laughs> so like it turns out that there's like like a social pattern that happens, but it's like specific because our high school took over the the former middle school across. So like, we this had knoll. two campuses. Yeah, we had two campuses on the. It was fucking ridiculous. Yeah. So, you know, we coming through this and the high school experience, which was like vivid because it was terrifying and terrible and and un mostly sad, yeah, yeah, like it just it, I just didn't have a lot of fun. Um, at high school, uh, I didn't have. A, I, I had fun while I was young, and this was even before I, you know, moved out, moved out here uh, with my other friends at Boone. You know, I had fun during those years, but not at high school. And that's really weird too, because I think that, that maybe that. I mean, David and Lou uh, and Nicole as well. Um, did you guys like have fun at high school at all? I mean, not in class. I was very angsty at that time. Yeah. So I no. Mean, I mean no. I yeah. Mean, no. School sucked. I barely graduated high school. I didn't graduate high school and got my GED. I left early to get the hell out of there. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. You? Did you? I have no working memory of my life prior to about Except 18 years old. Okay, good. All right. So, yeah. Generally feeling good coming out of that period though. 
No. Okay, excellent. All right. So high it school, was high school. Yeah. I think it's well well received that high school definitely are not the golden years of your youth. It's more college where you get freedom. And you, the college sucked too. Yeah, yeah I but didn't if like you that go either. To, yeah, but if you're a social and guy. And you skipped that you want, too. Well, I skipped that because I couldn't afford it. But, you know, it's just one of those, you know, college, you, you can have a lot much. more fun. I had fun in people's college, you know, experiences. I shared college experiences with you people. You got a contact high of college. That was probably yeah. better. I yeah, that's almost. The better way to go. <laughs> it's much cheaper, let me say. Yeah. So I think Heather's is re relatively pertinent to this experience, right? Because it is, it recognizes that high school <laughs> is a bunch of shit. And the weird thing is, is that I look at today, like if I if I feel like a lack of happiness, it's usually because I think that like that the problems with me, right? Like I can change and and find or alter or stop doing what, you know, find happiness or stop doing what is making me unhappy. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, high school, uh, I wasn't, I just wasn't capable, smart enough, or hadn't realized or hadn't had this kind of like social epiphany that this could actually happen. But I want to emphasize that with high school being such a miserable fucking experience, it does beg the question about why. Why should it be fucking a miserable fucking experience? Uh, and I think Heather's, the movie or the reason we are surrounding uh, this table now, uh, has some insights into why high school is fucking terrible. So let's talk about Heather's, shall we? And how it fucking portrays the common and universal misery of high school. <laughs> let's do this. Opening shot. Yes, croquet. The Color-coded croquet. Yes. yes. Of course. The lamest of lawn sports. It's no bocce. Yeah. Okay. With mallets. I think we can agree. Okay. We can agree on that. Uh, yeah, croquet is a really terrible game. <laughs> I feel the need to say that twice for some reason. Um, red's a good color. Yes. Red's a color you want. Mm -hmm. Power color. But only one person is allowed to wield red at any given time. And who's that? Uh, that would be Heather. Yes, it would. That would be the leading Heather. Yes. He the head Heather, if you will. Head Heather. Yes. Heather McNamara, I want to say. Anyway. I think so. They say her name, their last name, like one time in the police report. Anyway. So we've got a hierarchy instantaneously at the beginning of this movie in the middle of a bullshit sport, which is like high school, which is a bullshit form of society, uh, where we have to train children how to do math, apparently. Ryan, yeah. what is the philosophical Hitchens-esque poignancy <laughs> of knocking Heather's ball all the way across that fountain? Well, I have to tell you, David, it's a quite an interesting dilemma that uh, many women oftentimes face in these kinds of situations. I think we have to be aware of the simple fact that the misery compounded upon by much of society in general is in fact self-inflicted. Uh, and it is done so by the fact that many horrible people wield an outsized influence in our lives because we let them through lawn sports. Uh, what would uh, Orwell say about that? I, I say, I can't <laughs> no, I, look, um, the thing about this is, is that we are kind of shown that this is <laughs> and there's a very clear pecking order. Yes, exactly. Yes, thank you. Yes, there is, a, there is a dynamic here, right? There is a social dynamic of power relationships between this small group, right? And it's, I mean, because once again, there are Heathers, and we should point out that this is a group of four young girls in high school, three of whom are named Heather, and there is, of course, uh, Veronica. Veronica. Miss Winona Ryder. Yes, Win Miss Winona Ryder. Um, and we see this, once again, this pecking order happening here through this, uh, through this uh, overall. So... In a sense, we have the kind of initial themes that we're going to be seeing here into this film. And we learn that Veronica, like shortly at the end of the scene, does not necessarily like her best friend. No, Heather. in fact, she constantly bitches about them in her diary. 
Yes. Uh, and for the future listeners who aren't from the 80s, if you need an idea of what Veronica looks and acts like and just generally is, imagine Tina Fey, you're done. Okay. Um, <laughs> a teenager Tina Fey. Or maybe yes. a 20-something Tina Fey. Well, Tina Fey's still trying to look like that. <laughs> well, you know, show, show, show business is tough. We also learn that Veronica, not only does she absolutely hate Heather and want to kill her all the time, we learn that Veronica sacrificed some of her own integrity to be part of this social circle. There's buy-in. Yes. That part has not changed. Um, well, I think, you know, it's, 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 it, it shows the positions these kids are in when they're in these little cliques. You know, does she have a choice? Is she going to start being made fun of by the well, popular she, yeah, people? Yeah, she chose to sacrifice something to be friends with them. So there's obviously a benefit to selling out to be in the hierarchy. But the reason she's even bothering to try to do that is because her life became a little directionless. Uh, she was going to be the uh, the prim genius of the school who goes to an Ivy League, et cetera, et cetera. And she brags about her IQ in a very, very 2000s humble braggy sort of way in several scenes in this movie uh, while hanging out with Christian Slater, who we will get back to. Um, but no, she uh, she sells part of her soul to be popular, as so many people do. And it's uh, it's a very common choice. It gives you a lot of power, as Heather would say. Uh, what is it? Uh, She's worshipped and she's only a junior. How much better could life get? <laughs> um, there's, there's an alert. When you're in high school, there's only so much you can want. There's only so much of the world you can grasp. Mm -hmm. And it is thoroughly social. Um, it's not even material just yet. The material side of it, you don't, you don't even reach the point where you get to an adulthood where you buy things because you like them. You buy them because other people like them. Mm -hmm. Like, that's why she has the bow. That's why she wears red. It's the reason why uh, people get cars. It's a million well, comic jokes. And in jokes 80s movies, people are always very upper middle class. So the buying things yeah, the is, materialism not, it's is not a. It's it's inherent, like that's what it takes anyways, and it's inherent in kind of all these people. So they're not like worried about not being able to afford to dress the part. Like that's yeah. not something well, these that kids these are kids have to worry of, about. You know, parents who are well off, yeah, and, and get their kids whatever they want, and also and, parents who, and this is demonstrated pretty early <laughs> on by Miss Veronica, parents who are completely ineffectual and out to lunch and offer offer absolutely no kind of directional support whatsoever. So every time. Veronica interacts with her parents. She takes like two bites of pate, tells her father he's an idiot, and then says, What is it? Oh, I've got a. I have to motor. Yeah, yeah. she's got, she's a, got motor. a motor. She's <laughs> <laughs> got a motor if I'm going to make it to this funeral. No, what's strange about this, though, is the theme of popularity that goes through this. Now, unfortunately, and I don't mean this in any wrong way, and must include myself in this categorization as well, but none of us are popular. No. No, none of us are popular. Uh, there might be times where we have maybe reached or just like kind of like, you know, grass or just like grazed the ceiling of popularity. Maybe at our most popular times, we have had people look fondly upon us and either want us as Heather reminds us for a friend or a fuck. But it's really, I mean, none of us have like sustained systemic popularity. So I don't think we know what we're talking about, right? Like normally we talk and we have like a kind of shared experience or so, but I think we all have the shared experience here. I've never having does been that exist? Well, this is the thing. All right, does so it exist after a school set? I mean, when you leave, uh -huh. 
Where can you be popular? So, oh, I can be popular at the office now. Yes, yeah, there you go. That is one other shitty microcosm of society you can yes. be part of. Excellent. I, I don't go to my office and I'm a popular guy. Because gotcha. when I go in, people just want to talk to me all day long. Mm -hmm. you well, know? There you go. Is so, that what you want? No, no, no. Uh, what I'm trying to say that's is that why I don't know. Because <laughs> <the office. laughs> yeah. I'm so fucking popular. <laughs> no, no, it's not that. It's just like I, I don't know if it's if you could say like sustained popularity in your life after high school or after college. What's being popular really mean? Okay, I'll tell you. Tell me, because I have it written down here. <laughs> Celebrity. <laughs> uh, that is what we're talking about. Because remember, uh, popularity is power bestowed upon you by other people, right? It's like legitimacy or, you know, something to that nature, right? It is something that people see in you. Um, and, I mean, it's, once again, it, it's kind of strange because in the same way that, like, you know, we know that, like, wealthy people or famous people or powerful people, you know, get away with shit in our society, right? Like, that's because we let them. Like, we, we, we by, the, by the nature of us... You know, being interested in them, fawning over them, uh, feeling we have to come to opinions about them, coming up to date with what they're going on and having, you know, views and perspectives and judgments about who they are and what they're doing and what they're wearing and what they're saying and how they say it. Um, you know, this is, you know, very much a kind of indication of uh, popularity as being this kind of celebrity-based culture uh, that I think one... Because, look, I, I think this, this... First off, this movie is not good, um, right? But uh, it is a bad movie. Uh, but it is, as we've talked but, before, a good, bad movie. But saying that, you could say every 80s movie is bad, <laughs> yeah, no, though, if you're going to say this is bad. Yeah, no, this is... Uh, we'll open that up for discussion at the yeah, end yeah. of the month. Okay, okay. But I do think that this film... I mean, once again, uh, I didn't... I don't know. I, who, who fucking directed this movie? I don't know. Some um, guy that had a brilliant yeah, idea in exactly. 89 who, for this script. Who wrote it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, but it doesn't mean that they hadn't really, I think captured something here that I think is really, really cool and very well developed. To be honest with you guys, um, we're talking about 80s movies. I hadn't fucking seen this movie since like like the 90s, you know, like since mm -hmm. I was like a teenager. I hadn't seen this fucking movie. Um, so it left an impact on you? Yeah, no, this movie had stuck with me for a long time. I had I liked it when I when I had seen it way back when, probably on television with commercials and shit like that. So there were things I don't remember, but there's a lot of that falls into that category. But um but one of the things that always stuck with me was this idea of like that it reminded me of so much of what celebrity is uh, to today. And the idea of popularity kind of goes through this because even today, right, we, I mean, we, by necessity, we tend to like group people together and how we see people, right? Um, you know, we, we tribalize people, right? We segregate them out and we identify ourselves and, and attach a certain meaning to where we find ourselves based on our interests and our hobbies and our values and how we, they relate to people. Um, and high school, for some reason, like we said before, is this kind of like big magnifying glass in this whole process. And movies that take place in high school can really, I think, shine a light on a kind of wider experience that we tend to have. And I think that is the kind of connection here between like popularity and celebrity. Um, because there is such a thing as being a local celebrity, which would, you know, kind of tie into this idea of being like, you know, very popular in a kind of specific area. Uh, and I'm just kind of curious about... Um, why is it that people give power into this? I mean, were, were there people in our lives or are there people in high school that we like knew who were popular and knew that were like trendsetters or people who could, if they made fun of you, could like really like affect how people perceived you? Because uh, that's the weird thing about that's this. Thing. Is, is I, think that, that, I think that has been diluted to some extent. I, I, this, cool. this, yeah. is, this is why I felt the need to yeah. expound at length early on here about what all of our high school experiences yeah. are because this table I don't think falls under that. I can think of two people in my high school slash middle school groups who I feel like 
were at the top. Uh, they they were sort of at the apex, but even being at the apex, it was consensus that they were at the top. That they were sort of the de- they weren't the the actual deciders. They were just the 50-50 splitters okay. on those kinds of things. Well, see, now I think that the character here uh, that's, you know, completely anti-hierarchy that I think has kind of stayed with us over these last two decades is good old JD. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're going, like, are we going in order here anyways? We've got, you know, the Heathers, and they go to school, and there's a lunchroom, and they ask people questions <laughs> on the lunch break for it's polling. Lunchtime because... poll. It's a great. It's a great scene yes. though, that sets up the kind of like dance she does around this. She sets up a, a social humiliation with a you know an yeah, overweight, she's unattractive just, like, girl. Arbitrarily mean to like fat and unattractive people. Mm-hmm. It does establish what you know the main Heather yeah. is all about. Her motivation, yeah. her motivations, and the way she goes about those motivations, and you know? the killer instincts that allowed her to ascend to the top. Absolutely, the primordial, that very <laughs> yeah, deep oh, yeah. primeval. Yeah, no, well, you got to be that way if you're going to be on top. Yeah, you can't, you can't pull punches. Exactly. Well, you know, Jordan Peterson would say it would date, <laughs> it would date back to that very, very early because even lobsters which are like 300 million years old, have... That serotonin boost. Well, have they have a pecking order. Okay. And they have a hierarchy to some degree. And, Lobsters? Yeah. And David Foster Wallace made me love those things. Yeah, well, they, you should love them. Oh, okay. They're amazing Dude, creatures. all he did was ask you to consider them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean... Ryan has considered that. I only <laughs> consider what I love. That's right. <laughs> but, it, it, you know, that's why they, she's uber-aggressive. That's in her. Her DNA has it. You know her, her mm. the, the 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 cocktail flowing through sure, her brain. And I'm sure, you know, and, I, and I'm sure her parents are pretty cutthroat, ambitious people as well. I'm sure she gets it from somewhere. Yes. Yeah, but we see too then that you know, um, there's the the, the 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 quarterback and the linebacker jocks. You know, yeah. like she's she she flings around. You know, not like flings sexually, but like like has has had sex with them or something. But like flings around them, uh, like all people. Like, well, I'm sure we knew these people in high school as well. Um, some people try to establish their place at, uh, or their power in high school by pretending that they're already too good for it, right? The phrase being too cool for school. Um, you know, the girls that only dated uh, college guys, you know, this is like, you know, this is nothing new, you know, like it's always that kind of thing where this is, you know, moving forward with this. And that's where Heather is, right? She is forced to be there, but um, we all know she's better than us. You know, that's clearly the case. And that's what I mean. When you go around this, you kind of see this like people understanding. Or at least conveying this kind of power onto her. And what's strange is, is that uh, the the people who we view this film through, primarily through Veronica, right? Um, you know, Veronica has a sense of what is going on here, and yet the initial the initial tension uh, and conflict of the film is an internal conflict within her, right? She has, as as JD first asks her, right, the first thing he says to her is, uh, "Are you a Heather? <laughs> you know, like, are you are you? And she, you know, I'm a Veronica, and yet." You know, and then he gives her a look like, well, what are you doing with these fucking Heathers? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, well, you're with the Heathers, yeah. so what's going on here? And then, but this sets us up for this, I think what is kind of neat about this film is this, once again, part of the the the, the drama of this is this is her uh, resolving this tension or this frustration that she has. Uh, because like many of us in high school, um, and, and we quite critically through JD. Yes, yes. exactly. Yes. Yeah. Because so, if anybody... Well, that was w- the only outlet, really. Yeah. Well, and that's JD, I, even though... He does meet and he meets his Hollywood end for being a villain. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're talking about the the prescience of this movie, JD won. Yes, JD is 
everywhere now. No, he caused. Yeah, exactly. I he mean, caused all sorts of chaos. So yes. let, yeah, let's let's go through this. So we get we all sets up. Um, JD uh, is. Um, He's a non-entity. He's not a doper. He's not a smoker. He's not a he's an outsider. He's yeah, a he's nomad. like the weird exactly. outsider, he's the outsider. New guy. Yeah, nuke, and the other thing, he's a new kid. Yeah, he's the yep. new kid. Uh, yep. And this sets us up from here. All right, guys. So no one can get a read on him. Yep. Where's seven that black states. trench coat? Yeah. Oh, black trench. Okay. Yeah, we got seven some. schools in seven states. The yeah. only thing that changed my locker combination. <laughs> Played by Christian Slater. Greatest performance by him. I'm aware of. I don't know if. Uh, it is Christian Slater's greatest performance as being as playing Christian Slater. Yes, as, okay. as an I don't essential know. I think collection. Up the volume was a but he was bit a more. dork in that. Okay. No, no I, I, it's a better I, I'm movie. Rating, but I'm rating like it by performance wise. No, his, his, <laughs> performance wise, I think I think was, this one has more, more edge. He was more Harry Hard on than he was the Quiet Kid yeah. in school. Pump up the volume was about Harry Hard on. Anyway, that's I I can't I can't. Fight you on that. I have not seen the other movies, so we'll just have to. It's got a great palm neck masturbation scene in it. But JD takes a liking to Veronica, probably because she seems like the other conniver at the school. They both have black hair. They did that too, which is really obvious. And they wear dark black and blue colors the whole time. Yeah. And they're on the same wavelength. Yeah. They both kind of see something else's awry here. It's not really. No, you know, they're not feeling it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they, I think they can sense this is that. bullshit. That's right. This is bullshit. They're both pretty coy. Yes. Yeah. yeah All the them. personalities meshed well at the time. Except that one of them is a killer. And we'll get <laughs> yes. to that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, was he before? That's no, that kid is pathological. <laughs> <laughs> No, seven states, seven yeah, schools. Yeah, no, definitely yeah. spent some time burning rats with a lighter tied to a can. You yeah. know what I mean? Like this, yeah. uh, it's because had some issues. Coy. So his first major act in this movie uh, is a little bombastic. He uh, feigns to shoot two jocks um, who are threatening him because right he's talking in the middle to of the cafeteria. Yeah, like, like, he pulls out a gun. In self defense. To be fair, I don't think he'd get away with that nowadays. <laughs> no, um, no, for a only couple of reasons. Only if you're a cop in Milwaukee. Sorry. Oh, but then you're not in high timely. school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> hot takes coming in from here. Yeah. Uh, but JD gets what suspended for a week or something for pulling out a real gun with blanks in it and shooting two people. The eighties. Yeah, yeah that right. stunt would yeah. get um, you kicked out of the school system or so fast. Shot. <laughs> there were there were there were at least three cops. Active duty at my school. If you do that today, Jeff Sessions is going to drop from a helicopter <laughs> onto you and personally waterboard you. Uh, uh, you no, no, but here's the thing. Everyone around this table, I think, just kind of intuitive. JD is cool, right? Oh, He's uh, a cool person. Undoubtedly. Yes. Yeah. What makes him so cool? Um, God, those he eyes. He sees through everything else. Yeah, man. That's what it is. He sees through it all. His actions, his reactions to it might be really wrong, but he sees <laughs> through the bullshit. Well, he's like the rebel without a cause, which the 50s, I guess, have set us up to think that that character, that like archetype is cool. That's that's the thing. Like, it's it, I, I think, Lou, that's 100 percent. It's the he has all the glasses taken off. He's taken the red pill. He's done all that bullshit. He's even wearing the Neo outfit yes. for it. Um <laughs> but we just automatically, even though that's an insane, I mean, the other thing, I guess, I, I think I feel reasonably confident. Does everyone around this table believe that life is, in fact, more complicated than seeing through the bullshit? 
Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But from like a social, political, cult. So why is this appealing to us? Okay. Because this is, like I said, this is some weird Hollywood formulated archetype probably. Because this guy's really fucking evil. We shouldn't really think that he's cool. No, he's not. Like it's it, cool. Uh, cool in this case. It's, it's in is, context of the times. Just but don't but it's not. That. But that's the thing. It's not even like it's anachronistic here because that kid is still cool. <laughs> <laughs> if that kid shows up, I don't think up, he is that cool anymore. If that kid shows up at high school, as long as he does not get caught with the gun, is still a cool kid. I would bet money on it. And I want to know why, because um, especially once girls you, like a mystery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Nicole, professional yeah. counsel. Uh, what the hell makes JD so cool? You know, because yeah, like he's 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 like the mystery, you know, <laughs> like so it becomes like a, you know, kind of like a challenge. And you see, when you see that he doesn't talk to anybody else, you're like, well, I can get him to talk to me, and then like he makes you feel special. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess that's what he would have to do because he doesn't like. What else does he bring to the fucking table? <laughs> He doesn't bring social popularity to the table. He's not a fucking Heather. Not at all. <laughs> I think, a, I think it comes down bite. to to his his demeanor, his perspective, all of those but things. But it's that whole James Dean archetype. Like, it's the whole, like, uh, I got it figured out. I have it all figured out. And then you think that's cool. You know, because there's other people you know deep down inside your head that you don't have it figured out. And this guy does. And he's just so laissez-faire about everything. Everything is cool. You know, and it's... That's it's just, also like a sort of confidence, too, that he kind of exudes. That he exudes, you know, like he's too cool to fucking talk to anybody, you know. So there's like a certain amount of confidence uh, and he didn't that goes to, with it. He didn't seem to be an asshole to, you know, the other disenfranchised kids in, in in the school. You know, he only seemed to have a grudge against the ones causing problems. You say that, but on a bigger scale here. <laughs> I, As the I nihilist <laughs> that he was, he was going to freely kill everybody, you know, for in the his end. master in the ideal. End. He's a path Like, <laughs> he shouldn't really be cool. Like, you shouldn't <laughs> date him because it's fucking dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> So as, as Veronica declares at the very end, of but the I guess movie. that's a consequence of dating the cool person too. Is that you're probably going to get hurt and it could possibly get violent. That's correct. Yeah. Is that also cool? Um. I think that that's not, I think that's another thing that's getting diluted as time passes. <laughs> Camping trips. But I can't say that for sure. I mean, yeah. I don't know what the girls are into these days. As not anything yeah. I would need to be in order to answer that question, I can't. Yeah, so. no, I, I don't know. I, we, mean, I guess we just have to let Tom that Hardy's lie. Tom Hardy's still cool, so I guess we still like dangerous men. I don't know. Oh, he's British. Yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> fucking helps doesn't it a little bit yeah <laughs> but is that because it has that detached british feel to it they just no, sound no, better no it's the, it's the accent look it's we get our hair we get our hair cut by someone who is infinitely more popular because of the british accent well no he right. says that that's how he gets laid yes because, that's the only and because he's not a good looking guy as you know you get your hair cut from him too I don't want to say his name, but uh, sure. Yeah. All right. I can buy into this. Theory. No, no, but like it, like it just like, you know. No, I've you, heard him actually say that, no, he get that's how, you know, 
he gets laid yeah, alive. Yeah, for the nerds out there, it's like a plus four modifier to yeah. charisma. You know, like it's it's rough, man. Nice pull. Thank you. Nice Bam. pull. Fucking yeah. All right, I'm talking about Heather's. So <laughs> this movie takes place in a high school. We've got a dude in a black trench coat. We've got an intelligent woman who sold out to become part of the Heather crew. She's having problems with this. The Heathers are bitches, straight up bitches. They but take they, her to a college party she, where she yeah, almost Maine, gets raped. Maine Heather takes her to a college party, forced to go down, date rape, oral sex, <laughs> upset that the Veronica does not go along to get date raped because this affects making her look bad. Hey, yeah. man! And then there's like a, a heated discussion in front of a burning, literal burning dumpster fire. It was great. Um, it's awesome. No, it's a great it's, scene. No, but it's kind of neat too. Once again, all right, so. Back to the point about how this is a, a, a good, bad movie. Um, so what's neat about this is that there is a lot of exposition in this film, right? A lot of, like, story gets relayed to us by non, uh, non-dialogue non means. One of the cool things is is that as she has this, like, weird reaction to this guy as this, like, whole, like, seduction scene is getting set up between Veronica and the guy she eventually kicks out. Um, like, how that gets started in such these small little actions that tend to have larger effects later on. Um is a neat little um, mechanism that we see play out through the film as well. Um, before we get going on about the story too, I mean, I'd just like to maybe go around and talk about, is there like a, a part or a moment or something that like strikes or that strike like like stru- sticks out to you uh, that is something enjoyable or weird or unique or fun about this film? Like just like, because this, like part of what, okay, so I'll, I'll go first. Um, one of the things I <laughs> Whatever fucking- do you mean, Ryan? <laughs> one of the things I fucking loved from this film when I first saw it, is um, after they murder the two jocks, um, they're sitting in the car, and uh, Veronica, in order to like seemingly to like get some control back, goes to smoke a cigarette, pushes in the car lighter. When it pops out, she looks at it and then burns the palm of her hand with it. And JD goes and he grabs her hand that he she just burned, and then sticks his unlit cigarette in her burn and lights a cigarette off her burn. That's good shit. And I gotta say that like when I was watching this film. You know, like, there's a lot of, like, cool, memorable stuff that can kind of stick with you. And that was one of the things. And the like, one-liners, too. Yeah, it has so some got, great, like, one-liners. Like, uh, fuck me gently with a chainsaw. Yeah, Did like, a brain retort. tumor for breakfast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Why do I smoke these things? Because you're an, an idiot. idiot. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. right. That's, that's right. right. You, too. Yeah, <laughs> the interaction with the parents. I mean, though, there are some great teen 80s movies that have some great ineffectual parent interaction like this isn't the only one but i do like like the christian slater like mm-hmm. dad like fucking reverse talk yeah i that was pretty good yeah so what when he comes in he, uh christian slater goes hey son keep it down you know like in referencing <laughs> themselves and he's like geez dad you're such a you know like that's really cool but it also shows the kind of like weird dynamic of like well the weird disconnect they yes. have because they don't actually know anything about each other like mm-hmm. they're just like you know they are father they're existing. and son yes. they're just existing together yeah. Yeah, you know <laughs> yeah but it plays along those kinds of themes but once again it it, it shows you that in a very rather fucking clever and interesting way it doesn't like just it's not some weird angsty kind of thing and that's what's i think one well, of the well i like thi- how colorful this is too stylized. because the, it's very the, stylized the dream sequence uh funeral there's multiple funerals which in are this, also awesome and they keep kind of escalating and at one point we get to a funeral scene that is mostly hallucinatory and uh just like the green lights and the priest saying life sucks and like mm-hmm. just the whole the whole feel gets under the sway of yeah. the MTV <laughs> video games. 
But the idea of like like that these in- some things never change. They're, yeah, I mean it's very over the top. It's really fun. But that it becomes this wider mockery of like larger social institutions outside of this, right? So like the church, uh, like the church is hopelessly like you know ill-informed and unaware. Well, of what's and they going keep having to this. repeat the same ceremony for like all these suicides that are happening <laughs> like week after week yeah. after week. Um, <laughs> you know, but we get we see the kind of like you know. I mean, because theoretically, the church would be one mechanism where troubled people could actually go to receive help, you know? Uh, not in this case. Not in this fucking town. No, materialism is destroyed. Yes. And then now. we see also the kind of yeah, materialism. But then we also see the kind of like ruthlessness that's displayed in the high school is really exemplified by the kind of, um, by uh, JD's father, who is like, who basically admits to like, Blowing up buildings on the sly, you know what is his, what is JD say? <laughs> well, he's a he's a like cor- corrupt, uh, you know, real estate contractor. So um, he's always just trying to arraigned but acquitted. I think yeah, is how he <laughs> describes him, which is a fucking great great line. Um, <laughs> so like you get these like you know you get this play on how like the outside world is kind of um, responding. To the to the crisis created by Veronica and JD, which is that the, they are murdering people, right? Uh, the initial Heather, right? The head Heather that gets murdered. Um, JD seemingly tricks uh, Veronica to slip her this like Mickey, you know, like this like vicious, you know, giving her drain, drain cleaner, yeah, drain cleaner, some shit. And um, you know, so the Veronica just boom plops down in the middle of a glass coffee table, which Corn is nuts. Yeah, which is a great fucking shot too. Um, Right, but then but, this amazing thing happens where people she becomes more popular okay, yeah. after she's fucking dead. God so, damn it. <sighs> There's so many layers. So what so it starts off as a prank. Yes. Because, you know, Veronica wanted to get back at Heather. After this party that after we just described this party, earlier. They, yeah. they got into this argument uh, in front of the burning fi- uh, trash can. <laughs> <laughs> and so she wanted to get back at Heather. So she wanted to make a disgusting... You know, cocktail in the mm-hmm. morning to give her hungover friend so that she can vomit all over herself. And embarrass herself. And embarrass herself, right? Uh, but of course, JD has this little. He kicks it up a notch because he's a fucking psychopath. <laughs> yeah. And he decides to let's go with a little bit of Blue Drano. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, somehow they're talking and oogling in each other's eyes. And I don't. It, it did. The it's movie little... didn't make it obvious. It but it, it but she like grabs the wrong cup, so mm-hmm. it could have been kind of you know and him he manipulating kind of maneuvers like hey, yeah. but then goes forget it. Yeah. And I think the you know the psychopath in him said, "Let's go see how this will turn out," and they give her the blue stuff, and she drinks it. She, cr- she croaks. They kill her. Yes, um, straight up. Yeah. Uh, so now they've got to get out of it. Like anything, it's like well, this wasn't a murder, but a suicide. And they write a suicide note by committee. Um, because apparently one of Veronica's superpowers in high school is that she can mimic any person's handwriting she needs to. Yeah. Part of being intelligent, from what I can tell from this movie. Yep. Okay. It, it is a movie. Okay, good. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm suspending. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> they also explain it later in that no one gives a shit. Yes, good. Yeah. So, but yeah, exactly. They're covered twice. Exactly. Uh, but what the, so, but you're absolutely right, Nicole. I mean, one of the weird things about this is that as like the outside world kind of comes into this situation, into this high school, um, is because that... Um, JD and Veronica begin murdering people uh, and then frame, uh, framing it up as suicides. Uh, but of course they do this to get back at the people who are seemingly not only tormenting themselves, but are also making other people incredibly miserable at the school. I mean, I mean, first, Heather is not a good person, right? Like, no. I, like, no, like, I mean, we know people like this probably, like, they're not good people. They're not good people in the world. They're not like she's fucking Genghis Khan or anything like that, but there's not good people. Um, 
She's the kind of person who inspires other people to yes. commit suicide. Yes, exactly. Excellent. Yes. yes, and that's exactly what happens. She's the kind of people that grew up to be Anne Coulter or something yeah, exactly. like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I mean, she and the jocks who also meet that fate and everyone except for the one actually premeditated suicide, they are all poetic revenge tales. And I think, I think the other thing, too, is that a lot of what the kind of like viciousness and mean-spiritedness and otherwise wanting to point out every single small foible and magnify it so that other people can see it as well. Um, you know, that kind of behavior, uh, we, uh, once again, I think it's kind of weird that you guys are like, are we kind of, is this movie outdated or doesn't have this? I mean, I see this in troll culture today. I mean, in yes, the weird way, it's, it is fucking just moved to a different format. But those people aren't organized hierarchically. It's, that's more, an, it's more uh, chaotic, the, but, the but trolling. The, the, the deep-rooted instinct yeah. is still there. Yeah, that, yeah. Like, absolutely. Oh, it's definitely. just become... Oh, I'm not saying people so are like manifests. less mean. I'm just saying that it's not as structured. It's, yeah. it's become massively democratized by the internet. Yeah. But we've also, I mean, just recent, this last year, there was this um, young, you know, in uh, um, around St. Peter, Tampa, there was this young girl in, fuck, she was probably, I think she was in middle school. She was 12 or 13 years old. Um... You know, she had a picture taken of her by, you know, a boyfriend and another girl got a hold of it and like released this picture online in order to, you know, to, to fucking humiliate her for no other reason. And then organized this fucking, you know, what they call cyberbullying today, but they fucking humiliated this girl systematically. Um, and she went to a fucking, you know, um, to, you know, electrical waste stations tower and fucking killed herself off these things. Like, no, that, well, that's that's what I think. I think this movie is dark. I mean, it's funny in the parlance of its times, but I think it's dark now because a lot of like the, you know, like the shooting and the, the like this stuff happens frequently now. Like here, we they were trying to make a bigger metaphor for, you know, the school hierarchy and, you know, people following along. And Well, you definitely couldn't make this movie today in today's no. world. But I also think that. Well, it would it was be way different. Meant, it was always meant to be dark. I want to mm -hmm. throw that out there. I agree. Yeah. And, and I also think that 89 being a huge year for indie films to break out, right, was uh, I think that this was one of the ones that this counterculture that I was bringing up earlier that mm -hmm. was sort of brewing had taken to as a refreshing take. You know, they, they weren't sitting there going, God, I wish someone can shoot up my school. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe in jest or whatever. But, you know, the 90s was almost a sardonic time in, in for, for us counterculture kids, you know? So we gravitated toward this weird sardonic humor, this darker kind of humor. And we, we, we had Barbies hanging by nooses in our bedrooms. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the kind of stuff... That, that culture was into. So I, I think, you know, into, it's darker today than it was back then. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. But I don't ever think that it was meant to be like a happy-go-lucky <laughs> comedy at the time. No, it, it was joking about murder. Yeah. It, yeah. No, it was con straight up considered a black comedy at the time. It wasn't something that your parents necessarily wanted to know you were watching. Okay. You know? So I think you're, I think, Luke, I think you're spot on there, Lou. Uh, but the one th funny thing is, though, is that when this movie came out, it wasn't that, it wasn't um, a success. Because let's be frank here. This is a movie that is not going that popular people are not going to enjoy. Heather's. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like these people who want to be popular, not going to enjoy this movie. Um, and that's the introverts are rising, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, um, okay. So, but I want to. So you mentioned the uh, key thing here. Um, you said this movie couldn't be made today. Um, why? 
get some ideas and perspectives. Well, I think it's, it's not because just been, you said this, but I've heard the other scene people say that this. David was bringing up the very first scene. You can't have okay. Listen, you can't have this a kid is how this, pull a gun out. This in is how school. this movie happens. That scene happens. That kid's removed from the school system. End of movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes now. Yeah, it's in counseling they, sessions. No, no. They, uh, that kid tweets about bringing yeah. a gun to school, and they take him out of school, Baker Act him, and won't let him back in. No, yeah, that yeah, actually would not just happened. He's too cool for that. Yeah. No, I mean they would have to. They would have to finagle a lot of the details on it. I mean, thematically I mean, speaking... Yeah, JD could cyberbully Thematically speaking... They would have to make it more of a drama if, and not a comedy. Yeah, they would yeah. have to They would have to finesse the power fantasy in a way that, I mean, I don't know that Hollywood is capable of. They're, they this show, wasn't a Hollywood film. But but Hollywood is where this would get published. That's the other thing. Is It would have to be a Hollywood film because that's where all the films get made now. Uh, but no, let's say it's a Netflix... Netflix original, Heathers, which is actually going to be a television series apparently soon. So maybe we're about to find out how you do this. No, I don't think I. I don't think it's going to be nearly as dark. Oh, I disagree. I think it's going to be think... like really sugar coated. No, no, no. The, but the, that's the thing. It has no. It has to be darker. Yes, or it doesn't work. Yeah, you no. can't make the problem is the levity of it. You no, can't, you I, can't lighten it because if you lighten it, no one's going to watch it. It's not. <laughs> that's it is. It, it needs to be funnier. Because there's worthy shit to be made fun of. The fact that, like, like you guys mentioned, if JD Today, like you said, gets fucking Baker-acted. That's fucking nonsense, right? <laughs> like, the idea that, like, a kid makes a threat and gets into a fight, suddenly little Johnny's got, like, you know, mental issues that we can diagnose and take care of. And, I mean... Welcome we've been to the system. Exactly, man. right? We've been talking about how this, like, you know, there's, like, a, a like a, you know, a PC, you know, normative fucking... Um, tyranny that's going on in our society Listen, right now. Blowing yourself up is not normal behavior. No, absolutely not. But it's but it is a stylized fucking reference to demonstrate how bizarre bizarre we react to these kinds of situations. I mean, just because the reactions have changed um, thing, today it's, to this, it's those a reality of it. today, though. Yeah, I, I, no, no, uh, my, my contention is that we just we do not accept that premise on screen. Oh, these people need, yeah, that's why we don't. We do like, that's look, exactly I, compl what needs to I completely shown. agree. Like, there's there's a ridiculousness to it, but that is a right wing stance. Netflix will not permit on their channel. All right. I mean, it's even even there. I, it's too. It is way too far off. Still, I mean, we're. We're still trying to figure out what to do about the Democratic and the Republican Party right now. <laughs> um, and we don't know where we don't know how we feel about fucking anything. And this is th that subject, the idea of a bureaucratic overstep talk, a bureaucratic overstep when we're talking about the defense of defenseless people is still not something we can do. So I think that in fact, it's become harder. No, so I think this movie sends up the way that people responded to things in the 80s fairly well, right? The initial suicide by Heather has this kind of, you know, bizarre institutional reaction, which says that we should be even fucking acknowledge it, right? <laughs> like, you know, she's most popular. You know, like, what the fuck ever? No, it makes her more popular. Yeah, but then we yeah. have another teacher. And it, then who, it makes suicide popular. Yeah, okay, so then, okay, so, but then the next thing happens, which is that the next, yeah, because she reacts to this way. And I mean, this is part of the larger problem, too, and we do this as well. I mean, this is what is, you know, I think a good parallel or, or you know, very similar today, um, where when people, like, this is the case a lot of times. I don't mean to, like, speak ill or raise a, a bad issue about this, but, like, not everyone who fucking gets murdered is worthy of being remembered. You know, like, I mean, um, we've just gone through a really horrific incident, and I know that this is part of the healing process, but it is also fairly, 
you know, it is a way in which, right, when we revere the dead of people uh, in, a, in a public incident or a public place of violence or a suicide, when we revere the dead, it's, are, are we, in a sense, doing that to kind of comfort the families of people we have no connection to or no understanding with? Um, or are we actually believing that all of these people were somehow semi-saint-like and worthy of this kind of like reverence for simply being, to be perfectly frank with you, in the wrong fucking place at the wrong fucking time? Um, I mean, it's not to say that there aren't things that happen in those that are worthy of being mentioned and looked at and understood and cared about, but not everyone who is involved in a tragedy is fucking worthy of the seeming, you know, uh, uh, secular beatification we fucking provide on these kinds of things. Like... We have a very, very little understanding of death as a society. Well, and it's weird because one person gets murdered, it's a fucking segment on the news and, you know, a teddy bear on the street, you know, 10 people get killed or, you know, or, or it's a public act or a political act as it would be today with terrorism. And suddenly there's this like awakening that this is like this overflow of fucking emphasis. I mean, in a weird way, right? Like, you know, terrorism today, um, you know, has this effect because of the reaction it brings out in us, right? Like, I mean, the part it of this, be, like... It would be ineffective without it. The pay, exactly. The, the, the mere definition of it. Exactly. Right? And this is what fucking Heathers is kind of cluing us into here, right? Like, the fact that suicide does become this, like, popular phenomenon, right? Like, fuck, you know, like, kill yourself. People will think that you're a great person and won't remember the shit you did. In fact, other people will, uh, you know, try to exemplify this in order to become more popular themselves. People fucking profit off of and want to make something more out of tragedies. I mean, shit, man, I can't tell you how many local people I know that have started nonprofits because of Pulse and are, you know, putting it all over their Instagrams and their Facebooks and their Twitter accounts. I mean, I mean, it's fucking rude to say that, like, are, are you trying to profit off of this? And no, I'm a fucking gracious human being who's devoting my time to the victims of this and telling you about this wonderful person that I knew who I haven't probably talked to in four years. But, you know, like, I had a connection to them and I have a right to kind of move forward with this. This is... Heather's is now, man. Like there, I think there's a lot going on in Heather's that I, I find problematic in the way that our society kind of addresses these issues. Um, oh, okay, well, to wrap this point up too, um, my other favorite thing about this whole like popularity <laughs> of suicide um, is that also in the '80s, apparently there wasn't any social problem we couldn't solve by making a song about it. That's right. So, That's like, right. so like the band Big Fun. Is that big fun? We commoditized music in the 80s. We totally commoditized it. (laughs) So, like, you know, like, um, the Simpsons also do a great run of this where Bart throws a a wireless microphone down a well, and then they have all the celebrities who are sending their love down the well and shit. Like, (laughs) but the the song Teenage. Farmade! Yeah, Farmade. Oh, God. So, um, it's a good send up of that culture as well. Um, We're a little bit, like I said, I think, you know, Instagram pages and nonprofits are today's fucking you know, um, uh, live aid and shit like that. But it is once again, this way that, like you said, uh, death becomes commoditized, um, that it becomes popularized and it becomes the play thing or the toolkit in which someone can leverage these things out. Uh, also, um, see the reaction in Heather's to the fucking yearbook crew to the suicides. Uh, this is another very key reaction mm-hmm. in which they fucking play well, these things news. out. This is news. Yeah, exactly. I can use yeah. this, right? We can yeah. use this, and it needs this, and and, and like I'm. This will be good for my resume or for my CV. Yeah, exactly. So I think that once again, like, uh, yeah, I, I've warmed up to the idea that there because this has some possibility, right? A Heather's fucking TV show mm. that is dark and just lampoons the shit out of this nonsense. Um, I'm all for it because I'm tired of taking the shit seriously. I really am. I don't know who I trust to handle that 
Oh, it almost makes me upset that it's being made because like now I'm like entirely energized to like want to remake <laughs> others. Like this is like I am tired of taking this. Sh like we should be making fun of terrorism like to no end. Like, oh. Well, and that's actually what I think JD is at the end. I mean, he's a terrorist. He's you know got yes. an I you know he's got a pathological ideology that he rationalizes because you know. You can't, all of us, you know, social awkward people, the social hierarchy can only mingle in heaven. So, you know, he's going to blow up the whole school and that's going to make everything better because he's a nihilist. Well, and, and he's, pathological. he's a, he's a very fundamental nihilist. Yeah, is no, the that's other what thing I mean. That's, he's because, a fundamentalist. He's a terrorist. Because not at the very end of the movie, but in the penultimate scene of the movie, in the climax of the movie, when Veronica is shooting at JD, mm -hmm. what is the message Veronica is sending to the world at that moment? It's like, I don't want to do anything about this. I just want to be sad. Yes. Because... Everything JD has done that she does not like is a is an action. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Veronica doesn't want to act. She just wants to complain. And mm -hmm. like she doesn't she she doesn't want more than that. It's okay that all this shit is happening. And we know it's okay because she still hangs out with these people. Mm -hmm. She's she'll, she's willing to put up with yeah. that as long as she's got her diary or she's got a boyfriend to bitch at. That's enough for her. Mm-hmm. At the very, very end of the movie, she becomes the cool person. Yeah. Uh, but that's... In her own way, though. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no. And she becomes well, yeah, the cool she, person. She grows some of her own teeth. But, I mean, she's still, she's still yeah, pouty and, like, passive about it to a well, certain Well, and she'll extent. be over that in a week anyway. <laughs> I mean, that's clearly a phase. <laughs> she only murdered three people. <laughs> yeah. Like, get over it. Yeah. Yeah. Accessory, too. <laughs> oh, thank you. Excellent, yes. Unwitting accessory. Uh, unwitting accessory, too. <laughs> yeah. What's a third degree? Yeah, what's the year count on that? So, uh, but I did hear, you guys mentioned JD. Um, so this movie came out in 1989. <laughs> um, so I did hear that the that the um, second best portrayal of the, of the uh, DC uh, Universe villain, the Joker, the second best portrayal of the Joker in the year 1989 was in fact Jack Nicholson in Batman. The first, of course, being... Christian Slater and Heathers. So I did, I did see that comment, which I thought was rather funny that, you know, he does have, like, good. he didn't mention the kind of, like, the he's a little more rakish, you know, like yeah. a little more um, roguelike in the in his approach overall, but the nihilism. Less maniacal. Yeah, the, yeah. the stylistic the way that he that he goes into situations, uh, the, the necessity of a structure being in place and that it's in place means it is worthy of being taken down. Like, the structure needs to be destroyed. Like, yeah, um, it's not a solution. You just need to destroy it. Yeah, you don't go to JD yeah. for answers. No, you know what I mean? You like go you said, there, you go, you go yeah. there for chaos. Yeah, you go there for action. And and JD has this um in spades to a certain extent. Um so um so Veronica wears a monocle when she's writing in her journal. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I love that quirk. I, I love, love that quirk. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, I don't I don't know if monocles were popular in the 80s, no, but that weren't. was pretty cool. Yeah, no, yeah. that's what made Steampunk this movie great. Yes. Cool. Yeah. What yeah. made this movie great as someone who lived it at the time, you know, like we we first watched it maybe a year or two after it was released kind of thing, uh was the one-liners like you mentioned, the perfect Style style wise, we loved it mm -hmm. because it was reminiscent of the '90s. Not that we appreciate it, but we made fun of it. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, of course, things like the monocle, the interaction with the parents, all of that stuff just made it this wonderful little piece of art to us. You mm -hmm. know, it was like this great little story. No, this movie... not groundbreaking cinematography or anything no. like that. It was just straight up funny movie. No, and it's weird too because like the look of the thing is a little. Um... 
like TV of the week kind of look too. Yes. Which once again, I'm not. I'm. I hope if it was done by accident or on purpose, it doesn't matter, right? I just fucking rather stroke of brilliance to have this thing kind of like mirror this like little lifetime after school special kind of thing. <laughs> it was shot um, really up close. It wasn't mm-hmm. too many. It wasn't too far back or anything. It was uh, everything was really up close and personal. Yep. You know. Uh, we call them. It's a type of diffuse lighting, which is that the 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 colors are not really pure. They have this like kind of diffuse quality to them, uh, while still being vivid, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like um, it was more like tempera paint than like oil paints, which have that like sleekness to them. No, no, it doesn't have that in it's, it as well. It's good for hiding the crow's feet and the thirty-year-old actors that are playing it's teenagers. Like high schoolers. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's twenty-five today. Okay. <laughs> but like, um, but overall, though, um, you know, there is a. Uh, so are we heading to the end of this movie? Sure. Fucker? Yeah. I okay. think we. I think we. Yeah, we're pretty. <sighs> I mean, we talked about past, present, and future yeah. already. Yeah, so we've been all over the damn place. If anybody here. wants to riff on any other topic, <laughs> feel free to bring it up. Yeah, I'm on the downhill. Yeah. <laughs> <All right>. So, um, <laughs> slide, baby, yes. slide. Yeah, yeah, I think I think the uh, the narcissism has built to such an extent that uh, the 2017 version of Heather's is not the one that you want it to be. Yeah, I'm, and that's unfortunate. I'm almost sure of it. They're going to turn this into a life it's is too precious. It's not going to have this now. kind of bite. It's gonna, yeah. it's, I, I bet you they're going to turn it into like everyone's going to have some kind of weird socialism. Like this is going to be the tranny friend of ours, and right. this is going to be the. This is weird the girl one. that's yeah. cyberbullied on Facebook. Yep, cyberbullied for the parents out there means bullying, but cooler. Yeah, <laughs> it's Wait, digital. It's In case digital, you need to decode with anything, from my watch, bitches. <laughs> this is like the word social engineering. Mm-hmm. The word so we had a perfectly good word for social engineering. It was called fraud. Yeah, <laughs> but it didn't sound cool enough, so we gave it a new word. That's right. That's what the internet really brought us, is all of our words sound snazzier, and now we care about them too much. <laughs> um, no, I mean, li- Ryan, you, you laughed about the life is too precious line, but I, I, think in a, I, I think in a modern context, a lot of the reason why joking about suicide or even talking about suicide, there's a, it was either a show or some, something was a buzz about someone um, portraying suicide right. relatively recently. I read absolutely nothing about it, obviously, since okay. I can't actually cite it. Uh, but merely attempting to talk about it garners criticism now because <laughs> yes. that's enough to presume to be in someone's head that way today is a faux pas. That's how far from the version that, again, I'm all I'm all with you mm-hmm. on the version of this that you're that you're seeing. I I think I. I think I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. I'm, but, t- I'm tired of fucking genuflecting to everyone's inability to, like, cope. <laughs> you know, like, I don't, I don't, I mean, but, this is what's kind of weird about this thing, too, is that there is this sense of, like, I mean, part of her reaction to this is her, is her dealing or coping with these issues, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, people reacting in certain ways and. People, and in her defense, she didn't intend on killing people. Yeah, absolutely. No, I exactly. Mean, she, yeah. she was sad. JD said, oh, you're sad? Let's Fuck, kill, kill him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. They're so making she, you feel bad. So, I'm so a nihilist. Point, this works for she me. She was dealing with it in a healthy teenager way, mm-hmm. which was bitch about it to a diary. With yeah. your monocle. Yeah, with yeah. your monocle. And you know, go cool find guy. some yeah, don't go date some cool guy, but <laughs> don't go date the murderer. Yeah, it wasn't. It happens when you introduce the chaos. Yeah, I mean man. Veronica's solution wasn't perfect, but you know, what is in high school? Exactly. Nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. 
So, it would have been fine. In the in the end, though, uh, just to steal a phrase, there's a little bit of self-actualization going on there. Um, I mean, you know, we could always go into the issue of, like, was there ever a JD? You know, is his suicide at the end? Oh, the God, release shut, of the, shut, the, fuck yeah, shut no. the fuck up. So, but the cool thing is... Oh, no, is he that, was there. He yeah, was there. Okay, okay. he was there. Uh, but the one cool thing, though, is How that... How did your cigarette get lit? Yeah, no. <laughs> cigarette. I mean, it blew himself the cigarette up. and the, the ash. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of JD on over all of us, you know? Um, there's, um... But it is kind of neat, which is obviously the ending very stylized, right? There's no way, you know, like suddenly he dies and she's like a you know, like the coping fucking ninja. Um, <laughs> she does like she does like come out of this, and um, her fucking reaction is to, is rather cool. So uh, JD blows himself up. Everyone streams out into the hallways. She runs into the second Heather, who has supplanted the first Heather's after the sui- murder suicide. Um, that Heather, played by by the way, I haven't mentioned this name at all, Shannon Doherty. Old uh, oh, cockeyed, yeah. old Nicole's oh, yeah. always been up on the fact that one eye is in fact lower on Shannon Doherty's face than the other one. Yes. Um, uh, it is funny, of course, because she like takes over the role as the new Heather. Once in Future Queen. Yes, once in Future Queen. Um, she has her like red, she takes the, the color the signifier. Yeah. yeah. And so it's very interesting, of course, when Veronica goes and, and takes that off of her, right? And and puts this on herself and, you know, says, uh, was a baby or was a new sheriff in town yeah. or something? Yeah. Um, and then proceeds to go to hang out. Um, with uh, the the Martha um, Dump Truck, Martha Dump Truck, the older weight um, outcast who um, was uh, you know belittled in the opening scene, but who has since uh, tried to commit suicide herself because she is clearly an outcast and, and outsider. Then failed, and then everyone made fun of her because, because she, she can't even commit suicide sorry, like cr- a cool person. Exactly. Um, and even then, right? And so you know, she runs into her and says, "Like, I don't have any fucking. I'm not going to prom. Like, you want to go together and hang out?" And the first line she says is, "You know, I'd like that." And they then go and, you know, she's a little like weird because she's obviously jumped into traffic. So she's in a little <laughs> motor scooter, but then rolls around her, uh, rolls around Veronica as the movie kind of just fades out into the credits. Um, and we're left with this rather like bizarre fucking ending, right? Like, you know, at the end of this, I'm still amazed. I'm like, I feel good. <laughs> you know, but like, should, should I be feeling good at the end of this movie? And I think you should. Yeah, it's I, fine. Yeah, I think you should because... You know, Veronica has come around uh, to a, a large degree. Um, what is, I think, very cool is, uh, and I think perhaps what the answer that this film is trying to portray um, is that so much of what is imposed on you in high school, uh, what later becomes a part of our lives as adults, um, you know, is the stratification into social groups, um, is the love of celebrity and popularity, uh, is the fact that if you don't have it, you want it, and if you want it, you want more of it. Um, a lot of this kind of critique that goes on through this. Um, and you just need to stop worrying about all that shit. Um, in a weird way, it took her a kind of bizarre way. And I'm not exactly sure if I can connect the fucking journey to the destination that Veronica ends up at. But the destina- the end point uh, and her emotional kind of resolution to all this um, is to take the fucking power for herself. And be who she fucking wants to be. Well, she danced well, with the and, devil. What and fucking not be man. She danced with the devil. Mm-hmm. She danced with the devil and survived and mm-hmm. came out of it like, I won. That's empowering. It's epiphany produced. Yeah, no, I'm not really. going to be pushed around by this hierarchical bullshit. Mm-hmm. That's right. Very Nietzschean. Yeah. yeah, no, I, yeah. no, I. You're not wrong there, David. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. You're just a breakdown in a, in a Vienna square away from <laughs> fucking <laughs> you know, realizing this kinds of things. Oh, yeah. No, no doubt. Is this a happy ending because all the people we don't like are dead? Uh, oh, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I would say I would say it's a happy ending because chaos lost. 
Yeah, as an atheist, it, chaos has its it has its place, but you can't let it run amok. It had its way for a long time in this movie before sputtering out, though. Yeah, but it was a few weeks of time, I guess. God, I I mean, I mean, things need time to play out. I mean, the school is at equilibrium now because the four largest menaces to its um, well-being are but doesn't, gone. Doesn't that just create a power vacuum? It does, but thankfully there's a new sheriff in town. <laughs> Self-appointed like Clint Eastwood, you know, like comes in like high plane drifter, a cigarette, takes the power, man. Lit by a bomb. Yeah, but but also a woman too. Like I mean, like there's this like, is the most Bechtel friendly, I think, movie yes. that we've had on here. That is true. Even if they had to share their name, yeah, <laughs> they do at least talk can, about each there other. There is no winning. No, there's no. The impossible standard of the Bechtel test. Are you aware the Bechtel test also fails? The Bechtel test. Very uh, uh, wheels within wheels, baby. So I guess, yeah, we just get to feel good about that. Uh, yeah, I guess that's what. all right. Yeah, one out of one stars. I'm, <laughs> I'm watching this movie again with some mineral water. All right, we're we're doing it. What are you trying to say? Yeah. One out of one stars. It was oh, quite probably. enjoyable. Probably it, drags, it drags in the middle, but that's okay because it's still short enough. It's all right. Yeah. And it's worth it for the rest of the time. Absolutely. Woo. One out of one stars. Yes. So, so <clears throat> 80s so, month. So 80s, 80s month. month. Um, Nicole. I had a lot of movies <laughs> that I previewed, and they came up short in a very 80s, superficial kind of way. You're looking for that, looking for that weighty, it's deep not, 80s well, movie? It's not, that, it's not that I'm saying these wouldn't be fun to watch as a group. I just don't know that they'd be very interesting to discuss. Um, so I, I do want to give an honorable mention to RoboCop, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and... Angel Heart. Okay, um, excellent. And also to Pee Wee's Playhouse, which is just as excellent as it was when I was six six years old. <laughs> some reviewing on the Pee Wee's Playhouse. Well, it's week? on Netflix. The oh, all, really? all five seasons. No it's so uneducational. It's wonderful. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's amazing. amazing. Oh yeah, no, it had always just it was, justified itself yeah. by its very it was, existence. Yeah, it was a product of the people who loved and made Heather's. Gotcha. Put it that way. <laughs> it was. It was some. Some wacky shit. It was it was um, it was our generation that. But allowed no, I uh happen. okay. In previewing '80s movies, I found a documentary <laughs> that has actual '80s people in it. Uh -oh. A little a little bit off the 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 beaten path. Well, it addresses it addresses these social hierarchies, but from a black gay perspective. Oh, okay. Yes, uh, we're gonna do Burning in Paris or Paris is Burning. Okay. It is a documentary about drag queens, black drag queens, uh, from 86 to 88. What a time. In, in New York. In New York. And how no, they not keep... in Paris? No. Okay, <laughs> no, all right. no. And, okay, so this movie had come actually, like, highly recommended to me by, by Victor for a long time. And mm -hmm. I never actually got around to watching it. I just watched it uh, recently. And it was very good. It was very good. And I think that it'll be fun because it tackles a lot of the 80s... Things that we could, you know, find superficially in another high school movie, I suppose, because there's plenty of them to choose from for the 80s. But this is this is like real people dealing with the hierarchical problem. Um, so I think this will be good. And it's on Netflix. So. Excellent. As is Heather's, in case you yes. uh, didn't oh, watch, watch it, it you bitch. It's yeah. awesome. <sighs> Short, sweet, and to the point. And it's got... Oh, yeah, burning... Uh, uh, the... Um, Paris this is burning. Paris is burning. I think it's only like an hour 15. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. All that's right. A, that's a high standard for you to meet with this week after <laughs> that, David. We're going to be watching just uh, four commercials from the <laughs> 1980s for our next movie. <laughs> It'll be something like that. I know what I'm going to pick. It's not quite like that, but we'll see. All right. No, it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Nicole. David. Lou. David. Ryan. All hell. Thanks for being part of the machination. Well, good morning, everyone. 